Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman with you on a Wednesday morning. We are glad to be with you. We're ready to jump right into the rumblings. I want to thank you guys for listening. Wherever you might be listening to us and however you're listening to us, be it at supertalk.fm or wherever you're getting podcasts, we appreciate you. We appreciate all our listeners, especially the servicemen and women taking care of us out there. Also appreciate our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Don't forget to check them out this pumpkin spice season. Oh, Joel T's got some some Strange Brew right there. Caramel Macchiato or Blueberry? It's got to be Caramel Macchiato because I don't smell it. Yeah, Blueberry. Not catching the whiff today. Today's batch not as potent. Well, I will push it your direction. I appreciate that. I like the smell of blueberries. Uh, And, of course, Churn and Spoon Ice Cream, all the best frozen treats. You want to get that in your belly. Make it happen. And, of course, our good friends over at College Corner, our other sponsor. Check out whether one of their two locations over by Fleet Feet in Ridgeland or by Half Shell in Flowood. Every time you say that, I think of the Ninja Turtles. Heroes in a Half Shell. I think about eating at Half Shell. That place is good. But it's also right next to College Corner, so it makes it convenient. You can get your MSU merchandise and then get delicious seafood. Half Shell, if you're listening and you wanted to advertise, let us know. Uh <laughs> But remember, when you uh, shop at either one of their two locations or when you shop online at collegecornerstore.com and use the promo code THUNDER or just mention the podcast in person, you get 15% off your order. And if this holiday season coming up, you got to buy something for the Bulldog fan in your life, this is the place to shop. Not only the best merchandise, but the best prices. Check them out, collegecornerstore.com or either one of their two locations in the Capital City area. we got a lot of questions today. We're going to dive right into the rumblings. Y'all got a lot to know, so let's see if we can get after Cameron Crockett is our first question. Welcome aboard, Cameron. Maybe it's me being a biased state fan, but there seems to be a huge difference in the number of penalties being called on state and not the opposing team in every game. Have you noticed this as well? This is you being a biased state fan, Cameron. (laughs) Uh it seems to be more of a problem on the road. Well, then that, that's you know, and that not surprising, and that kind of happens for everybody, right? Yeah. If we're being objective here, I would agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, there were some penalties called on on Saturday that, I mean, there, there was one in particular. They when it uh should have been a pass interference on Kylan that was not a pass interference that was not called that probably should have been Correct, called. Yeah. Um. I mean, there were other things called on state that probably should. I mean, but look, the officiating is just bad. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the bottom line here. Right. For the record, state is averaging being called six point four penalties a game. That's good for sixty ninth nationally. Nice. Uh, just looking at this thing behind them, Kentucky has had more penalties called on them. South Carolina, Vanderbilt, uh, Auburn, Georgia. Uh, Alabama. Alabama is almost a full penalty, penalty more per game than Mississippi State. Um, anybody else in the conference that I can find? No. So, State's right in the middle of the pack. While that, that doesn't back it up, I do think that it's ridiculous that Alabama went like, what was it, 15 games or something like that without a holding penalty? Come on. Yeah. No, you're right. It wasn't 15, but it, it was a no, lot of it games. It was a lot of games. It was close to 15. Uh, let's see here. Justin Strawn at a... Completely reasonable 9.04 p.m. I was proud of you, Justin. Good job. Uh, What event was most likely going on in John Cohen's head while doing mental gymnastics Mm. to come up with the statements he made on the Fine Bond Show? Uneven bars, pommel horse, or something else? I'm a vault man myself. (laughs) I like the vault. (laughs) Bobsled? I don't know. That's not gymnastics. Oh, gymnastics. He said, Mental gymnastics. Oh, I was thinking about Olympic events just in general. The floor exercise? Yeah. Yeah. Something had to be going on. Uh, that, that was 
That wasn't John's finest moment. No, no. Uh, I saw Joker this past week. Have you seen Joker yet? I have not. Okay. I probably will not see it until it is on the uh, no, no. DirecTV bite while you sit on your couch. Playing. Well, he said he went to see it and the theater was completely empty except for him. Is there something that would excite you as much as that did me? So what's something that would excite you in the, in the most random thing? Uh, goodness gracious. I, I, I will give an example. Then. Thank you. All right. Give me an example. When I went give to Las Vegas a few years ago, we went to one of the buffets. Now, you know when you go to those high-end buffets, it's picked a little higher service, but the crab legs were already cracked. You just had to pull the meat out. That was exciting. You're like... Because I love crab legs, but that's a lot of work for a little bit of meat. If it's already done for me, as you can probably guess, I ate a lot. Yeah, and I'm, I'm the same way, like like with boiled shrimp and things. Yeah, like that. Yeah, if it's already like, peeled, oh, buddy, you, you can just have you can just, at you just it. have at it. Yeah. Oh, um, I don't know, but I do know that I once went to. It was actually the the last Star Wars, which you were not a big fan of. I was not. Um, but I did. I went to the theater and I went after uh, Katie and the youngins had went to sleep. So mm-hmm. I was like, hey, I'm gonna go over and watch the late movie, and I'm gonna yeah. go to bed. And uh, I was the only one in there well, there at that point watching that movie. So, so anything that happens like that reminds me of my childhood excites me. Like if I go somewhere and they have like grape flavored Hubba Bubba for sale, I'm in. Or Big League Chew, I'm in for that. You know, oh, if I can get a bag chew. of Big League Chew, I'll put I'll put a big chaw of that in my mouth and just be happy as a clam. A clam. My thing is, it doesn't take much to make me. No, nah, no. Nah, so there's I'm so many little man of simple tastes. Yeah. All right. Speaking of Star Wars, did you see the trailer? And what is your excitement level for the conclusion of the Skywalker saga? Have you seen the trailer yet? Did you watch uh, it? No, I did not watch it. I sat here as you watched yeah, it. Yeah, I'm surprised uh, you didn't just swing I, over here. I, well, I didn't know you were starting it, and you got like 15 seconds I would have started it, was, it again. So anyway, I just sat here and continued what I was doing. My but, level of excitement? <laughs> not interested. Well, you're at the point with Star Wars where like a lot of state fans are with Joe Moorhead. There's I am just exactly nothing, there. There is nothing they could do that would get you excited. No, I'm just, I'm just not excited for it. I'll see where it goes, but... But again, it doesn't take much to make me happy. And I'll sit see here if I, I might. I might go, but I'm just not sitting here listening to the trailer. I do need to go watch it like today, probably when we get done. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm pretty pumped about it. It doesn't take much to get me pumped. Yeah, Peyton Neely, where is Urban Meyer coaching next year? The odds on favorites USC. USC, yeah. Is it, give me a, another team that's like number two. Tennessee. Ooh. <laughs> Please God, no. Of course, we don't play Tennessee until we. The state doesn't play Tennessee until. 2078, so, I mean, it probably wouldn't be that big a deal. He might be gone by then. Is the NFL a consideration for him? I don't see him as an NFL coach. No. I don't, I don't think his offense works in the, would work in the NFL. He's, he's a college coach. Speaking of former SEC coaches, did you see after I mentioned Mark Rick the other day, he had a heart attack. I know. Did you see his tweet? Like he was, yeah. He's like, I'm fine. He, well, he, that, but he was yeah, like, but he was like, I was, pre- I was prepared to see Jesus. Yeah. Like, had a boy. Yeah, he was ready. Yeah. He's like, I'll miss my wife, but prepared yeah. to go. Drew Bruce. Do you think MSU's offense would be any better with Kelly Bryant now that you have seen them lose to Wyoming and Vanderbilt? Thanks, love the show. Appreciate that, Drew. Make sure you give us a five-star review. Unlike this idiot, this moron who gave us a one-star review. Hey, buddy, the point is the five-star review. You can say what you want in the comments, but the review is five stars. Yeah, do you not know how this works? Can we be any clearer? You don't don't get it, do you? You don't. This is people helping people here. God almighty. Five stars. To answer your question, Drew. Quarterback's not the problem. No. So I don't know that they would be a whole lot better. I, I don't, the quarterback issue, Schrader's fine. What is what is the offensive? Like, if I told you one thing, what is the offensive problem at Mississippi State? The scheme. Yeah, it's the scheme. Well, I think you're, I mean, you're stuck with that scheme as long as you're stuck with the coach. Yeah. 
I agree. All right, Andrew Noble. Joel, this is a question just for you. Uh-oh. I know the Dolphins have to do it. Yeah. But are you concerned that Tua stayed bang- banged up in college? Yes. We talked about this yesterday. Yes, I- I'm absolutely concerned that, that he seems to be kind of banged up. But if you got the 1-1 pick, you and I did talk about this. Now, if you can get like some kind of humongous package for the number one overall pick and it's just like well, something you can't turn down, maybe you go ahead and do it, do that. But if you stay at 1-1, you got to take Tua. I mean, I just don't – look, Joe Burrows looked great this year, but it was this year. Tua, since he's been there, has looked phenomenal. He can make the throws. He, he, he seems like a guy, if he can stay healthy, that will transform your franchise. I, I think you if you stay at 1-1, it's a slam dunk you got to take Tua, regardless of the injury issues. All right. Dear Old State wants to know, uh, Andrew Briner, Joey Jones, Marcus Johnson, and he says the strength and conditioning coach, that's Corey Bishy. One has to go. Who is it? Joey Jones. It's got to be Joey Jones. You can't have a whole third of the game no good. And I think that the strength and conditioning issue that people want to talk about all the time, I really do believe that that's just people grasping at straws for something to blame. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think that that's that big of a thing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they, 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 I don't think that the fact that if we feel like this team is soft comes from strength and conditioning. I don't think it comes from that. Um, That's it. I mean, you don't hear people praising him the way that people used to praise Bayless and mm-hmm. some of the other guys. I mean, but I, I'm not saying that he's the greatest but strength coach the ever pra- had. They haven't praised anybody since Bayless. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just, I don't think that the reason State has struggled like they have is because of the strength and conditioning. Strength and conditioning is something that when you're winning, it's the best in the country. Everybody loves it. And when you're losing, it's a problem. It's another thing to blame. And it's, it's, it's really somewhere in between. Uh, let's give him one more here from uh, this is from Dear Old State. I have granted you the ability to give Joe Moorhead one piece of advice, and he must take it. What is it? Be willing. To change your scheme, mm-hmm. if it suits. I mean, it, it, and I think last year he did a little bit. You know, he showed a, a willingness to try and adapt a little bit to Fitz's style. So I, I think that he does have some some give to him. But I think it would just be encouraging that I know your way has pretty much always worked, but you might have to do it a little different in the SEC. Okay, and 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 he may hear me say that. And uh, if he heard me say that, he might say, well, you're a doofus. And he wouldn't be wrong. I am a doofus. Mm. But I don't know. I think that is my long-term concern for Joe Moorhead is like you have said and you've beat to death through the years, so many coaches would rather lose their way yeah. than win another way. I agree with you. And so that would just be my, my plea is like don't be just dead set on it has to be this way. You might need to do some things you've never done before mm-hmm. to make it successful here. All right. Brick by Brick says – the great Bum Phillips once. I wish more coaches would dress like Bum Phillips. By the way, <laughs> just wear the cowboy hat and, and the, like the leisure suit. Uh, said about Don Shula and Bear Bryant, he can take hisn and beat yearn, or take yearn and beat hisn. Just for fun, if Joe and Jimbo swap sides without warning just before kickoff, what would the final score be? <sighs> state would win. I think state. I think whoever was coaching state, if that's Jimbo in this instance, I guess yeah. state would win. Yeah, I agree. Because I, I just. And, and it would be something like it would be close because both teams are pretty close to each other. Particularly if Joe got over there and tried to run his scheme with with A and M that has no clue what that you know. My God, can you imagine trying to do that on the fly. 
I mean, <laughs> I mean, people have be been doing wreck. it for two years and can't do it. Yeah. So are they going to do it in a day? Yeah. I agree. All right, uh, Holden Blake. I'm in the middle of an argument with a buddy of mine. He says, Eli Manning is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I say Hall of Fame, yes, but not first ballot. How so? How much should Super Bowls be in consideration for determining Hall of Famer or not? Is Brady still the goat if not for Super Bowl wins? Tom Brady is probably the greatest quarterback because he's got the stats too. Yeah, but Super Bowls matter. They do matter for quarterbacks, and that's why Brady is the goat. I, I am with uh, I am with uh, Holden on this one. He's Hall, Hall of Famer, Famer but, but probably not, not probably not the first ballot. He's got two Super Bowl MVPs, two rings, and he beat Brady twice. That yeah. mean, that means something to me. If somebody had ever beaten Montana twice, that would have meant something. You know, I think about the great quarterbacks he beat. He beat Elway yeah. and he beat uh he beat uh Marino, you know? So I think he's absolutely like y'all said, a Hall of Famer. I don't think there's a doubt there. I wouldn't if he was a first ballot guy, I wouldn't blink at that. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't think he is. Like, yeah. if you made me guess, I'm saying no. But if he is, I don't, you know. I agree. I don't ruffle my feathers any at that. I agree. All right. A. Swenson wants to know, what is the best thing to grill? What do you like to grill? Uh, I'm actually, this is going to be so super simple probably. I love a good grilled burger. Just a plain old hamburger. Really? Yeah. All right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a simple kind of man. You know, I don't take much to please you. me. I love to grill, to grill those pork loins, as you know. But I like to grill a steak every now and then. A steak is better in a pan for me. Better in cast iron, get more crushed that way. Uh, I like to grill sausages, uh, wings. Wings are great on the grill. Uh, let's see here. What was your favorite college band? I didn't really have one. Really? Yeah. Like when they, I, mean, I know who you're talking about. I mean, U.S. Those kinds of yeah. U.S. from Canada. Sister Hazel in that group. I was kind of. But they weren't from Starkville, though. They weren't in Starkville that much. Yeah. And they would come. I always like, liked Sister Hazel. Sister Hazel's good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, for me, uh, some friends of mine were in Rag Magnolia back in the day, so that's I'm gonna go with that. Uh, one more. Favorite bar from Starville that's now closed or relocated? He went from the old grill. The old grill was great. Didn't do much bar hopping, so I'm not a good one to that's answer a good, this question. That's a good point, yeah. Flo and Eddie's is probably the correct answer for me. Cheers? Did you do some cheers back I love day? cheers. Uh, yeah. But che- but Flo and Eddie's was more complete. You could eat there, too. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. All right. Uh, let's see here. Ethan Foster. What Marvel cinematic character is Joe Moorhead right now? Hero, villain, you pick and explain why. You, you're you better suited for this question, so okay. you answer first. All right. Gotta, I'm going to go a little obscure here, but he's the ancient one from, from Doctor Strange. He is the one who's – he can see into the future, and he's letting us know what's going to happen. And we got to choose to believe him or not. It's sort of where we are. Hmm. He could also be Thanos, and he's the guy who snapped the, pro- the fingers and the program <laughs> went away. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I'll just go with your. I'll go with your judgment. Taylor. All right, all right, no worries. Uh, let's see here, Matthew Munlin. If you had a time machine to go back and change any heartbreaking, pivotal moments in MSU sports history, what would you change? He says he would go back to the 2018 Women's National Title game and get the missed foul call on Morgan William to send her to the line. What would you change? I'm talking one moment. One man. moment. So you can't say the 2013 you can't say a game. You can't say the 2013 College World Series because there was never, there was a, moment never a moment. That state was going to win the national title if one thing changed. I think I saw somebody answer that question, and I was not alive, but it was a good moment. I mm-hmm. thought was the '85 College World Series when yeah. uh, got you weren't alive. I wasn't alive. Well, '85. I guess I was alive. It was after June 17th. I was born June 17th, '85. So. Quite close to that, yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I thought that was a, a, a. 
I don't want to say obscure pick. It wasn't obscure, but nah. I mean, it was a good choice yeah. for, for someone, especially that lived through that. Clark I and Palmero both it. will tell you that if he had, G. Morgan doesn't get hurt, they win. They win the national title. Uh, trying to think, is there some moment this year in the College World Series that had it went differently, State wins that game. But even if State wins that, they're still digging out through the loser's bracket, right? Even if they beat Louisville, you got to beat Vandy yeah, twice. Yeah, so. yeah, I agree. Um, one moment. I, I mean, can, can you get Dak to throw a touchdown pass in that 14 Alabama game when That's they were down was, by? Like, well, I, I was thinking there was, a, there was a third and long where Blake Sims broke Converted. Off. Yeah, don't convert that. Yeah. And then Alabama has to punt. So I think State scores. So that may be mine. Yeah. I mean, I'm pushing a little there, but I'd have liked to have had that opportunity. Yeah. So, All right. Uh, Alex Barham wants to know, you could choose any offensive coordinator in NCAA to be at MSU next year. Who do you choose and why? Joe Brady. That's the thing, though. Is it the scheme? Because now we're saying it's not the scheme. It's Moorhead calling the plays. Yeah. Is it the scheme or is it the talent running the, the scheme? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. And the thing is, though, at we State... We have that question coming up, sort of. At State, unless you begin to recruit on a higher level, you're never going to know that answer. Right. You're, you're going to have to, gosh, get the Trace McSorley types and <laughs> get the Saquon Barkley yeah. types. Although, Colin Hill may be a Saquon Barkley yeah. type. And I, you've got a highly rated running back for next year's class, you know, so we'll see. Witherspoons look pretty good, at, yeah. you know, at times. Gil Mainkling wants to know, wants us to rank these HBS shows, Game of Thrones, The Wire, The Sopranos, and Deadwood. Only seen one of them. All so, right, so uh, once again, I, I have to go to this here. here. Uh, the Sopranos, The Wire, Game of Thrones, Deadwood. If the Game of Thrones, if Game of Thrones season seven had the final, if the final season of Game of Thrones had gone your way, it's number one, right? It'd be number two. Sopranos. Is number oh, Sopranos. One. Is, I love the Sopranos. Oh, well, I thought you liked the Wire more than the Sopranos. No, the Sopranos is my favorite okay. television show. The Wire is my favorite character of all time, and Omar Little, love him. But uh, the Sopranos is my favorite show overall. It yeah. still holds up too. It's it's crazy, but it's over a decade old, and it still holds up. All right, J Man wants to know what's our go to for fast food. Ah. Uh, We've had this discussion before because I think you and I differ on what's fast food sometimes. Yeah. Um, is Pepper's fast food? Nah. Yeah. No? I'm going to say no. It's a deli. Okay. Different. Well, because you said Firehouse Subs was fast food. It's it, it, There's a difference between Pepper's. Pepper's has other stuff, too. They have soup of the day. They got, they got, they have, do they have, uh, here's a good example. A fast food restaurant doesn't have appetizers. Okay. All right. I mean, if you're talking like the Mackey D's, Popeye's, all that yeah. of the world, I go to Chick-fil-A more than any of them. Okay. Taco Bell is the answer for me. Uh, Which I think I saw they had like metal in their beef or something the other day. Mmm. Grade D. Stands for delicious. <laughs> uh, do you know Adam Bell? I do. I love Adam Is he Bell. ever going to come out of the closet as a state fan? <laughs> is he like a hidden Ole Miss fan? What's going on here? I'm pretty sure that Bell is rebel to the bone. Is he listening to us right now? Uh, he. I don't know if he does. He has before. He's, he's actually. He's had a... Uh, question in a time or two before. Adam, come on, buddy. Give it up. You know, you don't want to be over there. Adam is one of the only rebels in the world that's just worth loving. He's a good dude. Okay, okay. I'm kidding. There's a few There's a few good rebels out there. We got another question, another question here from Matthew Munlin. He's got one for each of us. Brian, after this United States men's national team putrid performance against Canada last week, it's time to give up on Burhalter as manager. If U.S. soccer ever gets competent, who should they hire as manager? Here's the deal, and I think I've said it on the show. I don't follow the men's national team because, for the same reason, I don't follow Double A baseball. 
All right, I follow the top tier. I don't. I don't. The U.S. team is terrible. Why would I? I'm not interested. I'll watch the World Cup, but I have no rooting interest in this. You know, and as far as are they ever get competent, who they should they hire? They should go out and try to hire somebody who's played at the top of the game. Go out and get a, a top Premier League manager. Go get some. What's Jose Mourinho doing these days? He's just sitting there on. He's just sitting there on Sky Sports, making fun of everybody. It's great. Go get somebody like that. That's what I would do. Joel, what is your favorite Bible commentary? He's a seminary student, Matthew is. Ooh. Always looking for more books. Here's one. I don't I wonder if this fits in the category of commentary. I think it kind of does. One of the first ones I was ever given, um, I actually think my brother and and sister-in-law and all them, I actually think they gave it to me, but uh my pastor had it and I think they got it learned about it that way. But it's called Through the Vi- Through the Bible by J. Vernon McGee. And uh Basically, it's a verse or two, and then he'll kind of expound upon it for a I don't know. It's just real basic, kind of down to earth talking to you, explaining stuff. And I just kind of like it that way. Um, yeah. So, if you made me just say one, it's actually the first one I ever had because I still go back to it all the time okay. um, through the Bible, J. Vernon McGee. Okay. T H R U, I think is how it's spelled on the cover. So, right. Peyton Stewart wants us to give a, if we had to do a way too early starting lineup for baseball. Each position, game one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you handle this. I'm just gonna say the position. Give me your gut feeling. Who's gonna be there first? Um, Hatcher. Second, Bosky. Yes. All right. Short is Westberg. Westberg. Third. A little iffy there. Um, I want to say Landon Jordan that was, was the my first, first thought. Yeah. Thought. Give me your outfield from left to right. Uh, Tanner Allen and right. Mm-hmm. Or left. He's been playing right. I think. Yeah. Um. Uh, Rowdy in center. Mm-hmm. Um, left. I, uh, I think Hatcher's been playing a lot of outfield too. So you actually may have Hatcher, Allen, Jordan, what, P- and Pimentel at uh, first. Maybe so. Okay. Who's behind the plate? Even even Lamonis doesn't know. According yeah. to what he sold us. Yeah, he doesn't. Um, I really like Luke Hancock. Yeah. I just think his bat plays. Who's but it? you could DH him too, though. So I guess you, he could keep him in the lineup either way. Um. Whoever, here's the thing, and I don't know the answer to this question. Whichever one of those guys, because you're going to have, I'm not so worried about JT Ginn. I mean, he's a sophomore, but he's a sophomore beyond his year. So you're going to have a couple of freshmen probably in that weekend rotation. You need somebody that can calm those nerves and that just relates to the pitchers more. You know, whoever is the best defensive option there, and maybe that is Hancock, I don't know. But you, I think you got to go with the best defensive option, and then if it's not Hancock, Hancock could be your DH. So, yeah. and uh, I think if Hancock's not the catcher, he can DH. But I don't know that Hayden Jones would DH if he wasn't the catcher. That makes sense. Yeah. And then JT Ginn's your day one starter, obviously. Yeah. Okay. And rotation, if you made me guess, would be McLeod and Sarantola on the weekend. Yeah, I agree. Behind Ginn. David Sweeney wants to know what was our impression of how John Cohen handled the fine bomb questions. He said he thought Moorhead said all he could, but Cohen got a little combative. This is this is not. It's easy for me to sit here and be critical because I'm not an AD and I'm not sitting in that chair and I'm not answering those questions. But if that was Greg Byrne sitting there answering questions about Nick Saban mm-hmm. and he answered them that way, he would get roasted. Yeah, I mean, absolutely roasted across all sports media platforms. That was not a good look by John. I didn't think not. So a, not a whole lot of people was paying a lot of attention because it's a. Mississippi State team that's middle of the pack or yeah. lower right now, and this miss. Quite frankly, I mean Mississippi State is a national brand. Don't misunderstand me, but 
they're not LSU. They're not Alabama. Right. They're not the the high qual. You know, the the premier institutions in in college football. And so it kind of slipped under the radar. But I don't know. I didn't like how John answered a lot of those questions. And he basically said that the reporting was wrong. He kind of pulled a fake news thing. He yeah. said just because it's being reported doesn't mean it's true. That wasn't his exact words, but that was what he was saying there. Mm-hmm. He kind of pulled the fake news. There's no way that. I mean, come on, like. And, and, and to go into how how good state's been practicing yeah. again, like we said the other, nobody cares, right? I mean, th- th- he said so many things that just I don't know came off the wrong way. But again, that's a tough gig, John Cohen's in too. So yeah. I mean, if you're sitting there getting peppered and hammered by those questions, and Feinbaum keeps asking, I mean, I, I don't know that I could have done any better. Yeah. So I, it's not me saying I could do better, but it, it was not a good look at all. all. All right, our next question comes from T-Rob, who wants to know, 2020 football recruiting looks pretty full. What's left to get? Who in this class? Will the class fill our need for who's leaving? I mean, you're not wrong. There's 23 commitments already. You know? yeah. um, and I think, I think most people would tell you that Xavier Hill is going to commit to Mississippi State. So now you're at 24. There's a lot of talk that Tamarian McDonald will decommit, so that gives you back to 23. And then it's just going to be, who do you find for the next couple of things? I mean, I know State would like to get um, – trying to look around here. The NCAA penalties losing us a couple – that's the next year, right? Starts the next year? It's not It's not right now, is it? No, it starts this year. Does it? I think so. But, you know, they'll they, – So you only need, you can only sign 24 well, no, this year? No, no, no. It's, it's, it, I think it's more about how many you can sign – you can have on scholarship total. Okay. So they can only have like 83. Okay. Um, I'm not sure who else they're going to get, but – I know one guy I would like to see them get, and he's not a quarterback at the next level, but the kid from Madison Central, Holiday, mm-hmm. is a good enough athlete, and you saw him Friday. Sure did. That he he can do something for you. Yeah. I would like to see him on, on, on this uh, staff. I wouldn't mind seeing them flip Trey Benson, the other running back from Greenville-St. Joe, who's committed to Oregon, because that way that gives you the freedom of maybe moving Dylan Johnson to a, to a defensive position. So recruiting's going to be really interesting, because I mean, right now State's class is ranked uh, 20th nationally. But then you look at, you know, who's like directly behind them and you see that, you know, Stanford only has 16 commits. Tennessee has 14. Uh, Nebraska only has 14. Yeah, it's a numbers thing. Yeah, right now. I mean, those, those guys are going to jump up. So this is going to end up being a class. It's, you know, it's like I said, it's 20th right now. I won't be surprised. 25th to 30. 25 to 30. Yeah. So we'll see where that takes us. Uh, where are we here? Crumptastic. Crumptastic. I don't know what that means. Electric <laughs> dog. I don't know. Are y'all threatened by the idea of the Booby and Banks podcast? No. 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 Here's the... This isn't to to stroke our ego any here, Mm -hmm. but, like, this is kind of a labor of love for us a little bit. Well, I mean, for you, it's your, like, your full-time gig, this and the the big show. Um, But for us, we, I mean, we really enjoy doing this, and if nothing else, like, you can love us, and you can hate us, and you can do whatever, but I think we're pretty consistent, you know? Like... Five days a week, you can count on us yeah. <laughs> for the most part. And I, I'm not saying that Banks and Booby won't do that, mm-hmm. but they have other things going on. Are they right. going to be five days? I mean, and maybe they are. Yeah. More power to them if They're they want to do that. five days a week. I would imagine. It would be t- Probably so, once a week. But even then, I'll go ahead and tell you that from my experience with the Mackin and Mold show back on Bulldogs Watch Radio back in the day, it's tough to get guys who aren't committed to doing it to do it every day. Yeah. And yeah. another thing, too, and more power to them, I, I hope that both of those guys, whatever their ultimate goals are, I hope they reach them. Mm-hmm. But, like, if Banks, if, if Jonathan wants to be a coach, 
one day, say at Mississippi State, he can't just get on there and say what he wants to say. Yeah. You and I, by and large, we can get on here and yeah. whatever he, he we want to He can't go say. on there and tell stories like true stories about recruiting and stuff. Can't do it. Yeah. You know, you know who doing, who's doing that right now? Zach Smith, because he knows he's never going to coach again. Yeah. So he's got to try to find a way to do that. Yeah, and, and if you get on there, I mean, you can't get on there and bash Joe Moorhead if you might want to one day be on his staff. Yeah. That kind of thing. Like, or even be on at Mississippi State. Yeah. Even a new coach would be like, no, nah, no, nah, we can't. We can't have so, I mean, so anyway, long story short, you and I have some freedoms mm-hmm. because of what we do. I mean, we can just be call things like we see it. Now, you don't always have to agree with it, but we're mm-hmm. giving our true, honest opinions on yeah. stuff here. So anyway, right. I, I wish them well. I'll listen if yeah. they want to do one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't misunderstand me. But Graham Yateman wants to know, with Isaac Stansberry on the team, do you see a day where Coach Stans returns to the hump? If so, how loud will the applause be when he's shown on the scoreboard? He's, he's already, already been back. back to the hump. Yeah. They honored him at, the, at, at a game. Yeah. Yeah. When he was assistant A&M, he sat in the middle of the floor. Yeah. And they, <laughs> they gave him a chair. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not a big deal. Uh, Trey Taylor, why wasn't Joe Brady a priority target to get for the staff? That's a great question. He was Moorhead's guy. And Moorhead is in that article that Brody Miller wrote talking about how fantastic he was. Why is he not on the staff here? How do we know that he wasn't offered and just didn't come? We don't know that. I grant you that, but it seems like that would if he had been offered a, a job at, at you know because he was just a quality control guy with the Saints, been offered some sort of assistant coach's job, he'd be here. I think. I don't know. It's it's an interesting. I'd love to know if he was ever given that opportunity and just didn't. Yeah, that's true. Joy Bailey is the negative attitude some of our fans have shown on social media affecting our program and culture more than the struggles our head coach and our, his staff are experiencing on the field. No. 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 Under no circumstances is this true, all right. Here's what I'm. Here's here's what Joel and I learned this uh, this off season. So as y'all know, I had my we had our great reconciliation with Farad Green. He's we did. Now, he's now our friend. We did. So when we we talked with him about it, he's like, "All right, I'll unblock y'all." And then he uh, he scrolled through his block list, and it is long. Yep. So if you are talking smack about any college football player right now, they either have you blocked or muted. All right, yeah. they don't they don't care to hear the negativity. So, the, the, and, and message boards, if message boards contributed to the end, uh, to the, the problems in college football, State wouldn't have college football anymore because <laughs> the crew mirror would have shut that down. And guess what, folks? Yeah. Every program in the country. Everybody in the country. Everybody burns fans. it down whenever yeah. somebody loses. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot of times fans, and, and look, I've been there before. And, yeah. and, uh, they overvalue their importance. Yes. All right. Yes. Right. And you are important. Don't misunderstand. I mean, right. the, the department depends on you to come to games and buy season tickets. But what you and say on the internet, it, it does ha- not matter. It does not matter. I mean, you don't. You too. Through the years, there there've been. You've seen athletes here and there that might decommit or something, and then say, "Boy, that fan base was crazy," kind mm-hmm. of thing. I mean, I ain't gonna say that there's not an athlete here or there that. If you just pepper them, it might get to. Mm-hmm. But I think, by and large, it doesn't impact much. Right, I agree. All right, uh, my good friend Brian McDuff. Listening to This Is Our Show Friday, I thought Marty Agassinelli made a good point. Is there value in a coach that doesn't own a side of the ball? Does it make it easier to adjust your offense or defense by hiring and firing coordinators? And he was talking about Orgeron. Orgeron isn't a coordinator by trade. So does it make it easier for him? Because if the offense isn't working, he can just say, no, nah, that's got to go. Defense isn't working. Nope, he's got to go. But the coach can remain. From my vantage point, and I may be wrong, I think that would make it easier. Yeah. I mean, even with Saban. Because you don't have a baby, so to speak. Saban is not, you know, he it's his defense, but he can, if he feels like it's not performing the way he wants, he can get rid of a coordinator. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, there's there's something to that for sure. And then, uh, let's see here. What's the next question? Dan Glenn. Honest question. I, we appreciate that. We don't yeah, want dishonesty. We, we love questions. honesty. 
Is grabbing a handful of jersey and stiff-arming a defensive player for 40 yards considered holding? <laughs> well, it depends on who you ask. That's right. You know, if you ask me or Joel, yes, that's very much holding. If you ask the SEC officials, eh, not so much. For some odd reason. All right, Zach Watson. Okay, when you guys do your picks, it's extremely boring because you basically pick the same teams nearly every week. Why do you all not use the spread in your picks? It would make it much better and risky. That's it. The picks contest is canceled. <laughs> I'm not moving forward with this any longer. I cannot deal with these people who are disinvested in a picks contest. All right, I've been doing it this way since 2012, and this is the year everybody has lost their mind about the. That's it. We're not doing it anymore. You know what it is? People are upset that I'm behind. They're rooting for me here. Well, that might be. I'll just take you to lunch no, one day. How does he take me to lunch one day? We'll split a we'll split a dinner or something. I don't know, but I can't go on with you people in the picks contest anymore. Enough! Stop commenting about the picks contest. I'm losing it here, Joel. Why is this such a big deal to everybody? Everybody's going to calm down whenever I come from behind and take the lead. Oh, it was the greatest piss contest ever. God almighty. I don't get it. Close. One game back. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Jason Galt wants to know, why does it seem Joe reacts more than he is prepared? Examples, Auburn, Texas A&M, and LSU of last year. And that's agree. Yeah. And that's part of the problem we, we, we talked about. Talker, not a doer. You know, this is that's a problem. You know, it's a problem that, oh, our effort's not good. I got to focus on that this week. I mean, you got to know that going into the game. You had to know that going into Tennessee, but yeah. you didn't. Um, another one from Jason. Did you agree with that? I didn't really He reacts more than yeah. he pre- – it seems that way. Yeah. Uh, but I, look, if you're losing, it's going to seem that way. That's true. That's true. I mean, <laughs> this is this, everything that you, anything you want to nitpick about Joe Moorhead is a symptom. All right. The disease is the offense. If the offense was good, nobody cares about anything else. He can do whatever he right, wants. Right. But because it's not good, that's when you start picking here and there and everywhere else. When you're losing and, and, and the, this offense that was so, you know, respected or whatever coming in, when it's not clicking, like you said, I mean, everything gets nitpicked from the strength yeah. coach to the exactly. way you do stuff. To, yeah. It's just. Yeah. So, uh, did the WWE kill the fiend after that awful hell in the self? I mean, the WWE kills everything. That's, this has been their problem the past like decade is they, they build something and it's white hot and they won't pull the trigger on it. Mm-mm. They didn't do it with Braun Strowman. Nope. Becky Lynch, they eventually pulled the trigger, but she had lost some luster. If they had pulled the trigger earlier, everybody goes crazy. But instead, they made it wait and they wait and, and they, you know. They just didn't work. They've, they've been doing this for years. They'll build something up and like, all right, we're ready to do it. Or they'll go the other way. It's like something super hot, and then they'll end it too soon. You know the Shield the, was a good example of that. The biggest issue with WWE, and it will never, ever again be solved, is that there is too friggin' much. Yeah. There's just too friggin' much. They're, they're, can you watch? They're, they're, they're six or what, seven hours a week. That that's right? without a pay-per-view. No, yeah. That's without, without a, a pay-per-view. You throw a pay-per-view in, it's ten hours a week. Ten hours a week. I mean, it's just impossible. That's why I think, in my opinion, and I guess everybody, AEW, mm-hmm. once a week now. Yeah. Two hours, you know, just one, gotta, one show a week. I invest two hours a week, maybe four, or maybe maybe five. With if a there's a pay-per-view, which is apparently it's not cool. every single, you know, like WWE seems like they do a pay-per-view every three, four weeks. They do. Um, AEW. And that's not including well, things like this Crown Jewel thing, we're just, we're just not a random that, Thursday. And not only that, but they, 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 they make you get invested in a storyline that's going to last for one pay-per-view. Like Cain Velasquez, he's coming for this event, and then that's it. We'll never see him again. And Tyson prob- Fury, same thing. It's and, and like they don't. 
put anything into the guys who are there. Yeah, and it's probably going to have all of this stuff that they're building towards will probably have a crap ending. It will, yeah. All right, uh, Uncle Ruckus. I guess I'll answer his questions today. I can't answer the first one because he asked us to rank some Office characters, but these are the Office characters from like later in the series when I stopped watching, and I don't think you've gotten to that point. I'm only like, I, I've kind of slowed down a little bit. So I like, think I'm towards the, the I know who Gabe is, three. I know who Robert California is, but I stopped watching at that point. Uh, but would you rather have Stanley's pretzels or Kevin's chili? <laughs> Stanley didn't have the good pretzel. Michael had the good pretzel with all yeah. the sweet stuff on it. So I want Michael's pretzel. You like chili? We'll go chili. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I like as long as not, not, it's not off, off the floor. Yeah. So that's that's literally the most cringy moment. In the, I, I feel so bad when that happens. Like I, I genuinely feel bad for a TV character when he like when he when it falls. <laughs> I feel so bad. All right. Uh, let's see here. Trey Taylor. If Peter Griffin was a college football podcaster, who would win in a debate on football between him and Brandon Walker? I see what you're trying to do here. It's not going to happen. Brand- Peter Griffin is not a college football fan. He lives in the Northeast. They don't do college football. He's a Pats fan and a, and a, a Red Sox fan. Hey, Brandon, do that thing where you, you use a lot of profanity. <laughs> F-words. Yeah. What the hell, Peter? I'll call you an effing moron. Yeah. All right. Uh, you're right there. That was pretty good. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, boss stool. Huh? You and Marty Mush. That guy's smart. All right. Uh, this is a really good question here from Charlie Harper. If State does what they should do and go eight and five with a bowl win, I agree that's good. But doesn't that make last year glaringly bad? That's a great point. Last year's team was ten times better than this team, and they're gonna have the same record. Oof. As, as I like to say in the press box from time to time, I don't think this team's going eight and five. I don't think they are either. But, but, yeah. but if they did, then yeah, that makes last year even more, even even a bigger disappointment than it kind of already was. Yeah. Good question here from Izzy Mandelbaum, who can lift, you pick anything in this room, and he can lift it over his head. Joel made the point recently that effort, effort is a given at this level. Till LSU, Joe Mo used the same language. If this is so, why did Mullen constantly invent new ways to communicate effort? Strain, playing faster than you can, et cetera, et cetera. Here's what I think State's problem is with the whole lack of effort thing. Okay. And you can tell me if you agree or disagree. Okay. Dan used to always talk about how some players would think they were playing hard until mm. later they watched it on film and, and saw it, and it was like, no, I actually could go a little harder than that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that when State looks like they are unprepared and they're not playing hard, I think sometimes it's due to a little bit of confusion. Mm-hmm. And if you're kind of unsure, you just look slower. You look like you're not giving the effort right, kind right. of deal. Like you really are giving the effort, but you're so unsure of yourself, you don't really, yeah. you're not going all out because you don't know what the next. Mentally, you're, you're, you're holding yourself up because you're not sure you're making the right like decision. Like the offensive line thing we talked about the other day. You know, we did it in the chalk talk thing, and you got to have four, what, four hands and four eyes up or whatever. Like, are, are they so concerned about the next block that they're not handling the block that they've got kind of thing? And I'm not saying that's the case on every play, but just as an example, I, I think sometimes, man, State just paralysis by analysis kind of deal mm-hmm. there. And, and I think that happens, and that's one of the reasons that State sometimes looks a little okay. bit lethargic. Makes sense. But, but I do think that, I mean, effort's got to be a given. If you've got to coach your guys mm-hmm. to get up or you've got to coach your guys to play hard, 
And if the best thing you can say about your team is, well, at least they played hard today, you're in a bad spot, man. Yeah. You've got to get to the point to where effort is not something you're spending any time on trying to get out of, out of these guys. Okay. I mean, if that's if that's what you're spending your time on, man, you got a lot of problems. John Burnett says, guys, it's 9.35 a.m. on a Tuesday. I may or may not have used six of my seven words already. What are some words you would recommend in lieu of cussing? Crap. Is it my crap favorite? is my, an my personal word. We will accept crap. It's my personal word. Fiddlesticks. Uh, uh, fire truck. You know, that's that's a word that begins with F and ends with U-C-K, but you can say it. <laughs> fire truck. Uh, I use darn a lot. Balderdash. That's a good one. It's good. Yeah. You got, you got all sorts of options. Yeah. My wife likes to just make up words, and they become her curse words. She likes to call people a panda bush. That's like her worst insult. <laughs> That's outstanding. If Jennifer ever calls you a panda bush, you know you done messed up. Uh, where are we here? Russell Berry. What's the expectation for next season with the experienced youth returning with Kylan, Willie, and the others possibly returning? They should be pretty good. They should be an eight-win team. I was going to say, let's do it right now. What does he have to? Let's say this year finishes eight. six and six, and he eight. goes to a bowl. What's he, he's got to get? Eight well, he's got to no because they won't fire him after a bowl. So it's more like, what does he have to do to get fired? And he would have to miss a bowl. If he missed a bowl next year, if he's six and six this year, and then he misses a bowl, that's that's a fireable. That now you're officially trending down. You can get rid of him. All right, what we got. Are our expectations for Joe too high? No, because look, because no. Dan, Dan only won. He won ten once, right? Yeah, or twice. He won ten once. What he about won, that 2010 year? He won nine. He won nine. He won right. ten once and nine twice. And then he won eight uh, once. He won seven oh. once, six once, and... No, he won seven twice, I'm sorry. Six once and five once. And that was his first year. Well, the... Uh, they, they won that's a bowl. right. The, the, the St. Petersburg was they a six-win year. Six-win. Well, it, it was a... F- yeah, they won the bowl. But they won the bowl. I'm talking about how many wins did he have. That's right. That's right. So, uh... But anyway, like... Wh- what does Joe have to do to make people pleased? Eight wins every year? He has to average it. That's because I mean, look at next year's schedule, and you should think, I mean, North Carolina State's not very good. So you have a good chance to go 4-0 in non-conference. Can you go 3-5? and If you go 7-5, and can you go 4-4 and next year? Yeah. You've got, you've got Missouri at home, and you're at Kentucky. You should be able to win both your East games. Arkansas is still not there yet. There's three. Can you win one more to get yeah. eight wins? Yes, that is that's that's a reasonable expectation. I agree. I agree. And, and I, again, I'm not defending Joe here. I'm yeah. just wondering what the man has to do because. And and, and the thing is, though, he had the best even school history in one eight. Yeah. That that's why right now I'm I'm just no. I agree. Can you win? Even? That's not that's that's, that's that's. I guess my feeling is, if you have the best defense in school history and you win eight, that mm-hmm. may be your ceiling. Right. No, I agree. And that's kind of the concern. But that's the here. problem. That's the concern, yeah. All right. We got a question here from BL Wedge. Garrett Schrader has been attached to Moorhead since high school. He was recruited by him at Penn State, and then here in the event that Moorhead leaves or is fired, how likely do you think Schrader is to stay at MSU? And for a reference, this tweet went out and Schrader liked it. It said, like if you want Moorhead for another year, and he liked the tweet. Here's the thing, just for me you can't hold your program hostage for a player. You can't. Mm-mm. And if Schrader goes, then he goes, and you just go. It's not like they're going to stop playing football next year. You know, I don't think Schrader. I mean, here's the other thing. This is the thing that people act like. Okay, he's attached to Moorhead. Okay, Moorhead's not going to get fired from Mississippi State and then go get another job next year as a head coach. 
He might get a job as an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. My honest guess is he would go and rehab under Nick Saban under, in, the, in the analyst rehabilitation program. But the idea that, that Garrett Schrader is going to transfer to Rutgers, that make that's a lot not going to happen. Mm-mm. So, you know, why, plus he, why would he leave? He's the king of this campus already. So I think that Garrett Schrader's entire career will be played at Mississippi State University regardless of who the head coach is. And maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can come back in a couple years and say, Joel, remember when you said, well, you were wrong. Well, yeah. if I, it could it's happen. But but if you made me put my push my chips in, my, my bet is he finishes his career here. Yeah. Reed James wants to know, everywhere Coach Morehead has been, he's either produced or benefited from NFL talent. Is it possible the current roster just isn't talent or experience enough to run his offense against superior defenses? First and foremost, we have to say, nearly 90% of all coaches benefit because they have NFL talent. All right, talents with wins football games more than anything else. If State was more talented, if State had LSU's roster, yeah, they would be fine. Yeah, the reason Nick Saban is the great coach he is is because he always has five. He's stars. He's a great recruiter. Yeah, and now granted, it's a credit to him. He has those five stars. But that said, I mean, this is a, that's the concern, right? And this is his other question: Do you think that his trust the process comments are based on the belief we're recruiting better talent at the skill positions? Maybe. I mean, you know, State is definitely recruiting better at, at receiver than it ever did under Dan Mullen. But there's still holes in recruiting. He's not recruiting as a whole any better than Dan Mullen did. He's just not. This class is going to be in the between 25 and 30. That's where Mullins tended to live, you know. And that's why I said last year as many times as I did. You're going to talk about championship standard. You got to talk about elevating recruiting, and that's not happening yet. You missed out on your on the the biggest bumper crop of in-state talent you ever had last year. You only got two of the top ten. And if you gotten six of the top ten, maybe we're talking about something then. But. You know, there were two four-star receivers in this state last year, and they both went to Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. And they both look like they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. They would have been players this year. They would year. have helped you. Yeah, and you couldn't get either one of them. So, And I get why. I get the whole idea that you know Ole Miss is putting receivers in the pros and state isn't. Which may change if Plumlee ends up being their QB going forward. Well, you say that. I mean, he's just a freshman. He'll get, I think he'll get better. He's a good enough player. He'll figure it out. But we'll see. I still think Schrader's going to be a better career passer I do than too. Plumlee. Oh, I do too, for sure. They're I think both teams are very happy where they are at quarterback right now. Yeah. I so. do think, and we've talked about this, it seems like the teams have flipped a little bit, especially at Plum. In terms, of, in, ter- in terms of what their identity is. Yeah. It has. No, there's no question about that. Uh, Kurt, what would your game plan be on offense and defense that gives us the best chance to beat a and I agree with the defensive plan should be the same. Mm-hmm. Aggressive. Mond is not good enough. you got to just go after him. Um, offensively, a and not that great defensively. They're not. And Ole Miss was able to run on them at times, and they had some some opportunities in the past game. But Corral, all the talk of Corral is the passing. He's not, he's not he's not a great passer. He just isn't. He's got good arm talent, but he's not this super accurate passer. So I would I would just keep doing what you're doing. You just got to execute. I I almost sound like Joe Moorhead there, but you just got to execute what you're doing better. In my opinion, would you would you change yeah, it? No, no, I'm with you. Okay. Andy wants me to give my lasagna recipe. All right. And you're not Bush's baked beans. You'll give it away, huh? I'm not making any money off it. Uh, first off, with my lasagna recipe, if you don't have a good four to five hours to spend making it, don't. It, this isn't a. This isn't a. I'm going to come home at night and make lasagna after work kind of deal. All right, you got to have some time because the sauce is going to take you at least three hours, preferably four. Um, we're going to start with our veggies. I like to. I just. I put a, a whole onion, a whole red onion. Uh, I get some of those shredded carrots. I don't, I don't. I don't. There's no point in getting a whole carrot. <laughs> Get the shredded carrots and throw about a good size handful there on the food processor. About five, six cloves of garlic. We're gonna pulse that up until it's it's a chunky puree. Into the olive oil in the pot, 
vegetables in, cook them out, let the water get out of them, pull that out. Meat's going in next. Three kinds of meat. A pound of beef, a pound of pork, and a pound of mild Italian sausage. We're going to brown all that. We're going to season it with salt and pepper only at this point. Once that's browned, veggies back in. Now we're going to throw in about a half a bottle of red wine. You don't drink? I don't know what to tell you. Get some red wine in there. Let that cook until it starts boiling. Cook all the alcohol out of it, right? It gets a little thicker. All right, now we're going to add some, uh, some tomatoes. We're going to do one can of cr- crushed tomatoes, one of those big cans of crushed tomatoes. One can of tomato sauce all together. Now, at this time, you gotta, you got to make a judgment. How thick do you want this sauce to be? I want to put a little water in there at this point. All right, just, just enough that, you know, I don't want it, all the liquid to evaporate in the three hours of cooking. So you got to have some liquid in there. I'm going to add salt. It's a complicated recipe. Salt? What are you doing over there? I was I, I was actually... Uh, are you writing it down? No. I was pulling up the picture. Oh, yeah. It looks good, doesn't it? It does. We're going to add salt and pepper, garlic powder. We're going to add some crushed red pepper and some dry oregano. We're going to add... I couldn't find any fresh basil the other day, which was very upsetting. So I bought some of that basil puree. But normally I would just get the, the fresh basil, the herbs they sell there. I'm going to throw the whole thing in there. And then I'll pick it out when it's done. Sort of like a bay leaf. I'm also going to add, and this is a little bit of the secret ingredients here for me, the Nor chicken stock pot. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. A little, little gelatinous thing. Mm-hmm. One chicken, one beef. It's going in. A lot of salt in there, so you got to be careful how you salt this. And then last but not least, one stick of butter. The whole stick goes in. Let it melt. You're good. Put the lid on that. Stir it every 20, 30 minutes, but it's going to cook for at least three to four hours. Now we're into the actual lasagna making part. Get the, I get the oven ready noodles. You just got to cook. You don't have to boil them. I take the ricotta cheese, and I get a spoon, and I just smear each noodle with ricotta cheese. And I put down a, a layer. Then I put down, over the top of that, I put a ladle of sauce. Another layer of, of noodles with ricotta, sauce, noodles, however many you want to do. I did four. The last ladle, the last layer, noodles go down with no ricotta. Put the sauce over the top. A bag of mozzarella cheese and as much Parmesan as you want to put on there. And then you just bake it till it's done. You bake 45 minutes covered and about 10 to 15 minutes uncovered to brown the cheese. Take it out. Let it sit for a couple minutes because if you try to cut into it now, it's not going to be good. And then you're good to go. Man. A little crusty bread. Life is good. Look good. It was good. It was good. good. Now, let me tell you my recipe. Uh, You (laughs) buy a Stouffer's lasagna. I was going to say, you head to Walmart. Yeah. uh, Go to the freezer. Pick out the Stouffer's thing, get it out of the box, and put it in your oven. You cook it to a high moral standard. <laughs> All right. That's my recipe. Uh, Trey Robinson, starting men and basketball, starting men's and women's basketball lineups. Men, with no suspensions. No, no suspension. Yeah. Nick Weatherspoon, yes. to one. Tyce Carter, to two. Yeah. Uh, Robert Woodard, at three. Yes. Rich Barrett, to four. Yes. Dooley Doo, at five. All right. For the women, I'm going to go... Maya Taylor at the one, Jordan Danbury at the two, Chloe Bibby at the three, Rakia Jackson at the four, and uh, Jessica Carter at the five. Yeah, that's where we're starting. And with the suspensions, what Carter for the men? Carter at the one, and DJ Stewart, Stewart at, at the, the two? two. That's the only change. Yeah. yeah. Kevin Wright wants to know what's the deal with Uncle Ruckus. Well, he's the worst person ever. He's just mean. He's mean. Um, he also wants to know: Is there anything worse than people who are always late? Tardiness is a pet peeve of mine. 
well, you're 30 minutes late for today's recording. I had a reason. I could tell. I'm not you did, you did have a good reason. I had a good reason. I had nothing I could do about it. So, it happens. Uh, let's see here. Good question from my friend Ryan Nelson. He wants to know, if the Moorhead tenure ended today, what would his legacy be? Where would he rank among MSU coaches from Rocky Felker on? So, for me, it would go Mullen, Cheryl. You're having to think about this, and that's scary. Moorhead is third, because he's at least been to a bowl. His first year he went to a bowl. Felker, Kroom. Is that right? You gonna switch Felker and Kroom? switching Felker and Kroom seem like the only reasonable thing because Mullins I think Mullins I, first. I think I'd stick with yours. Okay. What's his legacy like? If if it ended today, it's, it's like disappointment. Yeah, it's. it's I mean, it's, that's it's, the word. Yeah. All right. Uh, John Jeffrey Nelson. Oh no, Paul Jones wants to know where that Taser is. We don't have the Taser. Yeah, I don't know who's got the taser, but not Brian Hayden and Joel Coleman. Some rent a cop accused all the media guys of stealing a taser a couple, two or three weeks and ago. And then hiding and, it from yeah, them. And, and, yeah, and then well, as far as I know, the taser still hadn't been found. So yeah. maybe one of our listeners has the taser. It's possible. John Jeffrey Nelson wants to know our top – this is a great question for us – top three wrestlers of all time. Uh, two of mine's easy. Um, HBK and Flair. That's, that's the, in terms of wrestling ability, that's the top two for me. And the, the third – this is my guy. Like he's not the best wrestler ever, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it just growing up, he was my guy. Mm-hmm. Sting. Sting is a good choice. So no for for my my personal three would be HBK, Flair, and Sting. All right, for me, there's there's two kinds. First of all, there's the wrestlers who had the biggest impact on the business. Yes, and you can't argue with these three. It's no. Hogan, Austin, Rock. Yes, those are that that's 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 the pantheon of those guys. Box office. But in terms of best wrestlers, Flair and, and Shawn Michaels are number one and number two. Number three is interesting for me. I could go Steamboat. I could go Kurt Angle. I could go uh Rick I could go uh Bret Hart. Daniel Bryan's pretty good. Daniel Bryan. But I'm gonna go with Randy Savage. That's fair. Yeah. Savage Savage is a fantastic wrestler. Very underrated. Yeah. Because he was so his he was his he was one of the few guys that his his uh promo ability and his his character matches in ring stuff. Flair's the same way. Yeah. One thing I like about Jericho's on that list too. One thing I like about Jericho is he is so interchangeable. Like Flair's gimmick has been the same since time, since the whole time. He's been Ric Flair. Yeah, Jericho's changed it up. I mean, so Ric much. Flair was literally in the ring twenty four hours ago on Monday Night Raw, tell, telling some somebody that he once knew his mama. Woo, fat I, boy. I mean, that this was twenty. That's, that's he's Rick been Flair. doing that for forty years. Yeah. Chris Jericho continues to change it up. Um, another a guy you didn't throw in there that was a really good. It depends on your style, what you like. Mm-hmm. But Bret Hart was. Another Bret, I said guy. Bret Hart. Oh, did you say Bret yeah, Hart? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Bret Hart's great wrestler. Five moves of doom. What are you talking and, about? Gosh, I wish he hadn't done what he done. Don't miss her. Ben Benoit Wallace is a great really wrestler. Good. Great wrestler. So is Eddie Guerrero. Girth Brooks, great name. Uh, <laughs> lexicon of sports terms. What is your least favorite and why? I know what mine is. What's yours? What's your least favorite sports cliche? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, something I, we hear all the time mm-hmm. that I wish coaches they have to say it. I get it. But we heard it on, on on Monday talking about Texas A and M is the most important game because it's exactly. the next one. That's a, my, one game at a time. Yeah, drives me insane. Don't tell me that the Abilene Christian week you're not looking ahead to Ole Miss. Yeah, that's crap. It's dumb. And don't tell me right now, Joe Moore, I didn't think in big picture. Yeah, it, no one no one believes you when you say that. Yeah, so, yeah, we were on the same page. I mean, you do have to kind of focus in. Yeah, at times I understand that, but don't yeah. tell me that. Well, when you're at when, the big game, you got to be at it, but. When you're when you're playing Abilene Christian, you're thinking about the egg you're bowl. You're thinking about the egg bowl. Yep. Andrew Miller, this hoop season, an official group of leaders for the student section was started to 
try and build more student support and create a better atmosphere at the home. Good news. Is there anything from the Rick's Rowdy days or earlier you'd like to see from the students? You just, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that this impacts anything. Mm -hmm. And and this isn't anything the students can do about this. Mm -hmm. But it is, maybe it's just different. But them moving the student section to where they've moved it to. Mm -hmm. Maybe I just associate where the students used to sit with success. Yeah. And now I associate where the students currently sit with lack of success. Here, here's Maybe the, that's here's the, the thing to remember is for you and I, yeah, but for the people who are students, they never remember. They don't remember. Well, how old were they when that happened? Five? Four? Yeah, probably. So, I mean, yeah, just just be into it, guys. That's all we really want. Yeah. You know, be, be, be well, the well, difference. Well, the first step's just be there. Yeah. Which yeah. the students are generally pretty good. They're pretty it, good. It's the it's season the, ticket holders that don't show yeah. up. No, you're right. You're right. Joel, Joel Coleman. Joel Coleman asked this question. No. Rob Hadaway asked this question to you and I. The Arkansas punterception, great word, is one of the dumbest play calls I've ever seen. What's the dumbest, most disastrous MSU play call you can remember? Mm. This is an easy one for me. Go. Kevin Fant, quarterback draw when the game was in hand and he ended up getting injured on the neck on the play. It was eleven to eight. There's like thirty seconds left. The clock is running. You just gotta take a knee. They ran a QB draw and he twisted his ankle. The dumbest play call ever. It's not even close. In the vein of dumb play call, State had State won this game, but the, the 14 game when they beat Auburn, didn't Dan run a stupid fake punt? Yeah, in that Mullen game? was always good for and, a stupid and, fake punt. And and State had the foot on the Auburn's throat, and, and, and there was in. really no need to – but they ran the fake punt, and Auburn got some momentum back, and it at least made you think, uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. And now State ended up winning the game, so all was forgiven. But that was pretty dumb in the moment. Uh, okay, I'll get in with that. Ellisville Dog, just real quick, what's our prediction for the World Series? Uh, I say, I'm, throws in six. Nats in seven. This is going to happen. This this Bryce Harper story is going to happen. I don't think I don't think you can beat – as good as Cole and Verlander are, and they're good, I don't know that you can beat Scherzer twice and Strasburg twice. If you could give me either of those top two, mm-hmm. and I say this with Scherzer being my favorite non-brave. Yeah. If you could tell me that either one of those two could be on the Atlanta Braves roster moving forward, I'm taking I'm taking Cole and Verlander over. I wouldn't. I don't have a problem with that. Sure, sure. So that's why I'm going. And also, Grinky is to me a better three than Patrick Corbin. That's probably true. Um, there's just something about them right and, now. And and Houston's lineup is better. Yeah. So I, I like the Astros, but it's baseball. Um, if any of those guys get hot, the Nats could absolutely win it. Yeah. And uh, but if you make me predict, I'm saying Stros and six. Right. Tony Loper wants to know. Who, by the way, is the best veterinarian in the city of Vicksburg? Uh, you guys had a rough trip back from Omaha. What's the worst weather you had to sit through while watching slash covering a game? Watching is easy. I don't know about covering. Were you at the 2000 Arkansas game? Uh, that was the freezing friggin' yeah. cold one when it was yeah. sleet. Yes, I was yeah, there. That was the worst by far. Uh, for heat, it's 2000 Memphis. Same year. The coldest and the hottest games I've ever been to, same year, same season. I'd like to know if that one was hotter than, than this year. The First yes. game. Well, I mean, different because I was actually out in the stadium. Yeah. So I mean, it's just well, out. I think temperature wise, didn't they say that this year's first game was the hottest game in like at at Scott Field? That game was at the Liberty Bowl, oh, which is okay. a just a that is the most weather extreme stadium I've ever been in for covering a game. It's just different because we're indoors. I don't yeah. know. I'm trying to think. There hasn't been like one game where I was just freezing cold. Or you were at the Arkansas game in 15, right? Uh huh. You said that was a cold. That game. was that was really cold. Yeah. Um. All right. Trying to think if I've ever been like sitting in the press box during a tornado warning or something. No, I was at a game with a tornado warning. Yeah, the, the Troy. Troy game. Yeah, but that still doesn't beat that Arkansas game. That game was miserable. 
and State lost at the in the like the last minutes. It was awful. JR wants to know our opinions of AEW so far. Is the current version of Chris Jericho the best one yet? I am an AEW fan. I'm watching Dynamite. The, the, the DVR is set to record Dynamite. Yep. It's not set to record any WWE programming. This is not the best version of Jericho, but it's really, really good. The, wrestling is so simple. It's incredible how WWE screws it up. If you have a heel stable and you have the faces that are sort of aligned, but they're not really, that is the formula to winning wrestling. All right. The NWO, the Four Horsemen, DX, this is how that's how you do it. The corporation, that's how you do it. You have a, a seemingly unbeatable heel stable that are in lockstep, and the faces have to overcome that. Yep. That is a storyline that wins every time. And they get it, and WWE is on. Uh, this says no labels. The changes in attitude and style of the Morehead Press Conference, who's he talking to? Team, fans, me and you, Cohen, Rutgers. Who's he talking to? I think sometimes he's talking to the media, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because inside baseball, just a touch. If you watched it, you saw this, probably. Mm-hmm. But well, I know you saw it, but the people listening, yeah. whenever Joe ended his LSU presser the other day, he got up and said, we good, Brian? Yeah. I still have no idea what that was about. I, I don't, like, so I think sometimes some of his stuff is a little directed at us. Yeah. Like, he... We're not the ones to get mad at. I didn't drop any passes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm now, just telling people it happened. And I think some of it is probably a little bit... He says he doesn't look at social media a ton, but I think he probably looks more than he would admit. And that's just me guessing. I, yeah. I'm not saying that he does. He might could prove me wrong. But I think he does probably see some of the complaints from fans and all that kind of gets brewed into the stew, too. And uh, so I think a little bit it's... Uh, probably at some of the general frustration, and sometimes it's probably a little bit towards some of the criticism that folks like you and I have had. I mean, I think that's probably a part of it. Yeah. A little bit all of it. Clay Crowder, are we going to have a good year in basketball since football is bad? Usually one sucks when the other program is good. I think basketball is a tournament team. I do. I think so. Yeah. If they don't make the tournament, this is I guess this is my question for the day. Is Howell in trouble? He's got to be, right? He's talking about year, year six, and you've only been once. And you can't seem to build off of it? It's year five, isn't it? No. Last year was year five. Okay. Isn't it? Malik was year one. Malik. So, wait. Q was here the whole time. So, yeah, like, this is year five. Yeah. But even so, I mean, my point remains. Yes, yeah. It should be a tournament team. We're not, you're not asking to win the conference or win the national title. You're saying, can you be one of the top 64 teams? Yeah. You should be able to do that. Uh, Chris Woodward. Why is Arkansas not a guaranteed W for state? Have you seen them play on the road? That's right. I mean, when you're not a good team, they just went to Tennessee and lost. Yeah, here's here's <laughs> this is true. Take the label off Mississippi State. Bad teams in road games. That's not a guaranteed win for anybody. If you're Mm-mm. a bad team and you go on the road, you might lose. You might lose. You probably are going to lose. Now, last year, State was a good team and went on the road yeah. and lost. So state, you know, State. You got two bad teams. I think Moorhead's a better coach than Chad Morris, which is saying something about Chad Morris. I think that Schrader's a better quarterback than Hicks or Starkle. So I think State should be favored. But am I going to be surprised if they lose? No. Absolutely not. Uh, let's see here. Aaron Soans. That's a blast from the past. Remember that guy? Mm-mm. He used to do a bunch of stuff with like rivals and, and like recruiting. Uh, scheme-wise, how different is State's offense from what Brady is doing? Is it true they don't have the players? Or do you think the offense isn't working because of the speed of the defenses? Is it too complicated? I mean, it could be all three of those things, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are a lot of similarities between what LSU and what State does. 
difference is LSU has five star talent at four and five star talent at every position. State doesn't. We talk, I talked about this with somebody the other day. Look at the top ten receivers from Alabama and LSU. If you combine Alabama's best five and LSU's best five, who, who's you know who's number five? Like Jalen Waddle is probably the fourth best Alabama receiver, right? He would be the best receiver at State by a large, large margin. Racy McMath is probably the fourth best guy over at LSU. He would be State's best receiver by a large margin. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. So, where are we here? Whit Lewis. Is the MLB season too long? For me, no. I mean, for some, I think for the general public, yes. But for a for a diehard baseball fan, no. Because I love, 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 love the daily grind of it and the the ebb and flow of it and the you got to play every day. And if you lose today, you got to pick yourself right back up and play tomorrow. Like I love the the one hundred sixty two game marathon personally, but I, I understand that not everyone does. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if if you rent, if you put that to the general public, the answer would probably be an overwhelming yes. It's too long, but for me personally, I love it. All right. Uh, let's see here. Dalton Lee wants to thank us for uh, keeping up with the hurdle count. No problem, Dalton. <laughs> uh, after the awesome display of the vet walking off the field, what's the coolest sports moment not in the game that you've ever seen? He he lists the uh, George Bush pr- first pitch after nine eleven. Whitney Houston's national anthem would be on this list. Um, trying to think for me to like be there because um, I was at the uh, South Carolina game. Mm-hmm. The first, I think, it was the first sporting event. Period after yeah, after nine eleven. Yeah, that was really the, the and, num- and I was in the stands for that game here in Starful, and I think you had they, they, they unfurled moment. yeah the flag. Yeah, all and, the teams are out there. That was. That was pretty, and the I mo- was just 16 years old, but for me, that was one of those goosebump raising. The moment of silence awesome. was actually a moment of silence. Yes. People were quiet, and you don't get that very often. And, and and there was a sense of normalcy when someone did yell at the end of the yeah. moment of silence, yeah. go to hell, Ole Miss. No. Didn't I, go to hell, Bin Laden, bin go to Laden. hell. That's right. Yeah. So, all right, the change from, from Ole Miss to Bin Laden. That's right. Yeah. I forgot for about that. For that day, yeah. I mean, it made sense. Jesse Donahue wants to know, it, this is a good question. Is there a difference for a mid-level program like State to fire a coach for two after two years versus three years? What is that difference if so? Could it hurt us? Can we not afford to wait? This is a really good question. Because you you if you feel like you've got the wrong guy, but you're saying, well, we can't do that for two years, what you're saying is we're going to give this guy an opportunity to really torpedo us. I thought about Kroom, and like, could you have – Fired him after year two. Because it was obvious he wasn't the guy. But at the same time, he took over a bad program. And from a publicity standpoint, you would have gotten crushed. After you fire the first African-American coach after only two seasons, no coming back from that. It would have been bad. But the question remains, if you don't think you have the right guy, why would you give him another year? The only answer is, you think you've got the right guy. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you may be wrong about that, but you have to at least be committed to the idea that he's the right guy. Correct. Yeah, and here, my guess, and this is a guess, I think John Cohen thinks he's got the right guy. Or is he trying to convince himself that he's got the right guy? I guess that could be a case, too. But, I mean, barring this season being torpedoed, Joe Moore back next year. I think we've said that a million times. But. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you're right. No, yeah, 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 that, 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 that's, that's a true statement. All right, where are we here? Um... Uh, Chris Parker wants to know, what's your favorite Chappelle show skit? 
I don't. You're gonna have to take this one. I mean, oh. I've seen some Chappelle show skits, but okay, uh, you're just better. You, you would be much more, more familiar with yeah. all of it than I would. I'm gonna go with. I'm not gonna do any of the Charlie Murphy stuff. Everybody's gonna pick that. I'm gonna, and there's some that you can't say here on the air. Uh, but I'll go with the Time Haters, the World Series of Dice, and my favorite is the Black White Supremacist. <laughs> no, can't quote any of the funny lines, but here on this program. But that's the funniest one to me. I I, I nearly peed on myself watching that one. Uh, let's see here, Bryce Yelverson Yelverton. What happened during our men's basketball exhibition game with TCU? We don't know. I heard they lost. That's all I know. We were originally scheduled to talk with Ben Howland and company at some point this week, but I've heard nothing of it. Yeah, so. we haven't heard about that. So, But that said, this Sunday, if you're going to be around, uh, the, the state will play South Alabama at the Hump. You can check them out for yourself. Last question is from Daniel Black, who wants to know, do you think Moorhead's calm, cool, and collective personality could have something to do with the lack of discipline and toughness? I remember Mullen constantly te- his, mentioned his team having a sense of urgency in response to good things and would call them out when they didn't have it and could relate to the toughness they possessed. Do you think it's a legitimate connection, or is it just a stretch resulted from his frustration? It's both. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that I don't know how much how to put this. I don't know how good a motivator Joe Moorhead is because there have been times his teams have appeared unmotivated. Is that fair? Has appeared that way, yeah. I but feel, I feel I, like when he does try to do it, he does it, but he doesn't try to do it every game, and apparently he needs to. I'm, I don't know that he will get to this point, but I'm interested to see whenever you have guys that like red shirt under him and they've been here a couple years. Like if he's here four or when five years, when it's truly his program. Yes, I'm interested to see if all of this, because I really do think that some of this looking like they're not motivated stuff sometimes is because the offense is. I'm not going to say it's much more complicated than somebody else's system, but it's different and a little bit more complicated than some other folks' systems. Yeah. And if you grow up in it and you've redshirted in it, and by the time you get to your third year or so in the program and you start, I guess, marinating in it a little bit, I'm interested to see if he's here for four or five years if this thing really does start to click. Yeah. And as I've said a million times, and I know you guys don't like to hear it, but I like Joe and I sure hope it does. Yeah. I didn't. I missed one that I wanted to ask you. Pylon Paul asked, when did, quote, effort and, quote, playing hard stop being the expectation at MSU and became something to praise when our team shows it? We talked about this the other day. That, that This is what a moral victory is. This is, you know, what losing teams talk about. I agree with, with what Paul is saying here. It, that is, that should be, playing hard is like the baseline expectation. You know, winning is something that can happen based on a lot of different things. But playing hard should just happen every game. If you go to a press conference of a coach – like an SEC coach when they're about to play some swack opponent or something, mm-hmm. one of the first things they'll tell you, because they know they're probably going to win the game, is that's a team that plays hard. Yeah. I think State's at that point now probably where a lot of teams that play them, one of the first things that those other coaches are probably saying, and I hadn't watched every opposing press conference, I must admit, but it's mm-hmm. probably like, oh, they play hard, even though they're kind of not lately. Yeah. But I, I bet Jimbo Fisher probably at some point this week has said something about State playing hard against LSU. I, I don't know that he did, but he, it wouldn't shock me if he did. I will, I've said it a million times this week, and I will continue to say it. If all State can hang its hat on is, did you know, they played hard, mm-hmm. they got big issues. No, I agree. I agree. All right, tomorrow's show, we're going to talk a little uh, Texas A&M. Get started getting ready for that one. And then Friday's show, you all know what that's going to be when we get there. So, 
Hope today's show has been fun for you. It was we enjoyed it as well. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.